Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, well, he is more powerful than locomotive, more faster than speedy bull. He will leap all buildings in a single town. It's Jacob. <laughs> I don't think that's the way it goes, but thanks anyway. Well, that's how Dijon <laughs> says it. I, I know Dijon's a little confused here. <laughs> and plus, it's not a DC property. Either way... <laughs> Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who wishes he wasn't flying with a launch pad right now. Welcome, Drew. Well, it would be fine if that cra- if he actually passed that crash course. That is true. I'm not thinking he actually did. He just said he took it. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, either way. Either way. <laughs> so, Jacob, we just got off of the 4th of July. What? How was your 4th? It was America. <laughs> It was America. <laughs> it was America. America. Uh, uh, no, I actually really didn't do a whole lot. I, I, I sat in my apartment and I cleaned. I watched movies and uh, I did a lot of cleaning. I did a lot of like laundry and all that good stuff. Because See, you're saying all that and I was under the impression you sweated in the hot sun or in the quick rain bursts, rain microbursts, right. while you were taking people's groceries out for them so they could save 16 cents on barbecue. Well, Saturday, well, Saturday I did work, and I had, you know, I worked till like I think like four or something like that, mm-hmm. and I uh, got off. I did though go see a Fourth uh, of July uh, presentation at Pleasant, uh, Mount Pleasant Baptist Church in Tyler, ah, which is just up the road from where we are. Uh, they, oh my gosh, that that fireworks display was impressive, like probably the best, one of the best fireworks display i have ever seen it was just impressive and the uh kudos to that church for putting that on it was like it was just like very inviting very it was very inviting very inviting it wasn't um we're like we're just celebrating celebrating america's uh independence but it was good i had a lot of fun uh definitely with the the crew i had was there with uh, Wendy, our singles class, our singles basically. class, and just, just imagine Hezekiah and Al. I got a dumb question for you. What's that? Are you sure it wasn't Pleasant Hill Baptist Church? That's what I meant to say. Because you Hill. said Mount Pleasant, which confused me because I actually went to Mount Pleasant this weekend, which is another <laughs> two hours north of here. Oh, okay. And I went to a uh, there's up there. There's a what is it called? The Mid America Flight Museum. I yeah, think you posted called. something about that. Yeah. Uh, it's a free museum every Saturday from, uh, I don't know, early morning to noon, I think. Okay. And, uh, they got lots of cool planes Hmm. from vintage planes that are, uh, very well taken care of, Mm -hmm. including like a B-17. 
Oh, nice. And I think it was B-17. There's a lot of cool planes up there. You should go up there and you get a chance. Anyway, they, they, they call pl- it Flying Fortress. If, I, I'm, if I'm not getting my my alphabet soup confused in mm-hmm. my head, because admittedly I don't have the uh, playing knowledge my dad has. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> but they did have, but uh, one of the cool things is uh, they did have a biplane that they gassed up and they gave people free rides. I saw that. Open cockpit. That, it's like riding a roller coaster without being jostled around. Wow. It, I feel very sorry for the little bitty guy that was sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was fun. Oh, okay. That, that and then I had some good uh, hot links at Doc's uh, hot links in Gilmer on the way back. Oh, okay. Oddly enough, that reminds me when I was when I was in college. I went to a smaller church than I do now. Uh, we had uh, the college group. We would go... We went to Six Flags mm-hmm. one day, just like in the middle of the week. It's like, okay, we can do this. It's not a problem. So the pastor and me, like every ride, it was me and him in the same road. And the fact that I'm a very, I'm always been a very small guy and he's a very large guy. So there was always a lot of space for me to sit. And when you're riding the Texas Giant before the modific, for the new modifications, I felt so bad for my pastor. <laughs> like, well, I mean, beat the, him to death. The Texas Giant before they rebuilt it, yeah. In essence, yeah, it was a very rattly wooden coaster. Yeah, that is true. That I actually hated riding, <laughs> and I actually like riding it now. That it's got the they've replaced all the wooden rails with uh, metal steel rails. Yeah. Except I've not been back since the one time I rode it, just because of timing issues. But anyway, yeah. Either way, so yeah, that is what I have. I've been up to. Uh, doing little work projects on things here and there, but uh, other than that, that is all I've been doing. Minus today, it was more I had because we are a little bit short on staff at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to I had to check for two hours well, <laughs> while, while everybody got, else got to do their breaks. At least you they, got a chance to do that. You don't normally get a chance. Yeah, to that is true because that, that is sort of thing. that's a lot more work than you think. <laughs> I know I did it for. Five yes. years. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Eight years if you count working the electron the uh, registering electronics, which was easier. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, either way. So yeah, that has been my week. What has your week been like, Drew? I kind of told you what my week's been like. Yeah, that's true. So I'm gonna go ahead and jump into what I've been watching. Okay. Uh along with, you know, because I went and visited my parents this weekend mm-hmm. and uh we watched some TV shows they had well, had uh some uh we watched a lot some of season four of the office okay uh that's a very i I forgot how funny that season is i because i've only watched like up to season five of the office total i probably need to be watching more of it but uh also i watched uh we made fun of people buying houses on house hunters (laughs) that's always funny I, there was one girl, I'm very proud of her, she was the only smart one there, because she was the one, only one who was actually making sensible decisions. Mm. And so, and ironically, she's Miss in, she was Miss Indiana that year. <laughs> the pageant winner was making the sensible decisions. Okay. But, um, and then a couple other things. Like I said, we went up to Mount Pleasant. We ended up going over to Lake Tawakany, uh yesterday. And then... Uh, Last night I got home, flat wore out, and I watched Godzilla vs. Gigan. 
Mm. Geigen. Geigen. Uh, have you seen the picture of the uh, the monster that looks like a giant cyborg rooster? I th- yeah, I think so. Yeah, that one. Okay, with the uh, metal with, with with the circular saw for uh, for its stomach uh, spines. Okay, that's it's, interesting. It's a weird movie, but it was okay. better than <laughs> all out. Uh, uh, mo- all what was that called? Monsters All Out Attack or Godzilla versus Hedera. <laughs> At least it was. Uh, Monsters All Out Attack was boring and stupid. Okay. Uh, Godzilla versus Hedera was at least interesting to watch, but still stupid. Mm-hmm. This was at least science fiction movie, a B grade science fiction movie. Yeah. With a giant cyborg rooster monster. Okay. It was fun. Okay. Uh, also, I've been watching, uh, or, or yeah, watching through Demon Slayer. Again, yeah, that anime. I keep hearing a lot about Demon it Slayer. It is, it is good. If um, it is a shonen anime, so it does sometimes uh, fall back on the whole uh, tournament style storytelling okay. arc. But I mean, this is this feels like a movie. It's it takes that shonen style and then goes fully adult with it. Okay. I mean, there's more blood in this show than. I think would be allowable on kids television okay, or should be allowable on kids television right. as most, so many of the other animes are. Um, but it's, it's fun. It's a, it's got a lot of great comedy and got a lot of good action and it knows how to tug at your heartstrings. Good. So I'm in, I'm enjoying that. Uh, what else have I watched? I think that's actually it. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Yeah, I, I, that would be it because the only other things I watched for this movie, yeah, <laughs> and the movie last week. All right, uh, so I haven't watched the movie yet. I have watched the movie before, uh, but I ordered it for a uh, another episode, uh-huh. uh huh, which would be Akira. <laughs> yes, Akira. Yeah. So. I've watched this movie, even though I'm, Akira means bird, it has nothing to do with birds. birds. Yeah, it's just a little bit weird. I ordered from Amazon Prime. It and came in like two days later, uh-huh. and it is sitting on my shelf waiting to be watched. So have, I want you to pick a dub, and then I'm going to pick a dub, and then we'll let our guest host do the subtitle version. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> no, because, I, I, I mean, but the thing is with that, with Akira, I remember both dubs are not that good. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, I ordered that. And obviously I watched the movie and I started watching, um, what was, what was I watching? Oh yeah. I was watching DuckTales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because this is all the entire se- I think it's the entire season series, I think. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously back in the day, it was only three seasons. That was only until, uh, Gargoyles. Yeah. Gargoyles in the mid nineties when they actually made a four season. And then in, the the late nineties of Kim Possible, mm-hmm. or the the early aughts with Kim Possible, so yeah, Disney Disney Channel movies or uh, series of that nature only got three seasons, and uh, yeah, it's it's very much a, a this was made in like nineteen eighty seven to mm-hmm. nineteen ninety ninety one something like that yeah. 
And then it spun off another show with Duck, uh, Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Which, for some, for some reason, in my head, because there again, like when you're a kid, you watch things out of order. And you yeah. don't, you don't. Well, I mean, they didn't exactly show them in order when no, we were kids. No, they didn't. It was um, just, we're going to show you whatever episode's on and whatever episode you happen to be home for to watch. Exactly. So I remember watching Launchpad in DuckTales. But then, for some reason, I thought he was originally from Darkwing. Nope, it's the other way around. It's the other way around. Yeah, I I, I knew that, but for some reason, in my mind definitely when nostalgia playing around. It's like, oh yeah, I primarily remember him from Darkwing. Yeah, but either way, that is all I have been watching, and I uh, hope you guys had a wonderful Fourth of July. Indeed. And if you are from another country, uh, we I mean, hope you had a good Sunday. Yeah, hope you had a great Sunday. Had a great weekend. <laughs> Uh, we got anything in the news? Yes, we do actually quite a bit. Luca just released on Disney Plus, right? Yes, like two weeks ago. Like two weeks ago. So apparently, Luca will arrive on digital 4K, Ultra Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD on August third. August third. Uh, it'll it'll uh, yeah, I'm gonna if I can talk. Uh, it'll feature uh, various uh, bonus material, including behind-the-scenes features, the scenes, and alternate two alternate openings. All right. So my second bit of news. Um, it's a, so fast on Luca. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Come on, Disney, really? That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I lo- I love the Disney Studios to death. It's it's a it's studio weird decision making they're doing with Pixar right yeah, now. Yeah, agreed. It's just like, come on, guys, really. So we uh, the next bit of news is regarding a movie that we did very early on, which would, would be Lupin the Third, Castle of Castrioco, Cagliostro, Cagliostro. Thank it you. is the name of an actual place. Yes. All right. So G Kids have acquired the North North American theatrical distribution rights. For Lupin the Third, Castle of Castlia, Castlia, Castro. Thank you. <laughs> the 1979 feature film uh, debut of Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, G Kids will release the classic animated the uh, animate classic theatrically, both in Japan, uh, English, and dub. Which dub? There's two dubs. Well, the Probably the nor- the, clo- the one that actually says Lupin in yeah, the title and not probably. Wolf. <laughs> uh, the one where a solid snake plays Lupin. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, apparently it's being screened in new 4K resolution starting in s- July 16th at the IFC Center in New York City in July... Yeah, apparently it's somewhere near where we where we're at. So well, it might go to uh, Ghibli Fest. Yeah, Ghibli Fest. It might. We don't know. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out I will, for it. I would love to see that movie. That would theaters. be a fun one to see in that theaters. That would. Come on, Fathom, do it. I mean, they did one or two of the other Lupin the Third movies in theaters. That is true. Which <clears throat> I meant to go see and never did. All right. So my third and final bit of news is regarding a. An anime series that is very beloved or somewhat very confusedly hated. Prime, no, Prime, no. I'm saying you're bringing up Evangelion. Yes, I'm bringing Ava. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I love I love Ava, (laughs) but this is the rebuilds. Yes, is the rebuilds. You hate the rebuilds. I never said I didn't like the rebuilds. You've detested them. 
or at least you've said the show is better, which fair enough, but they, they do change quite a bit up in the third, in the third one. Yeah. In the third one. But, uh, I wouldn't say I don't like it. I don't like them, but it's more like you're departing from what you were doing. So it's kind of weird, but either way, um, Amazon prime video today has announced, uh, an exclusive global premiere outside of Japan on a record breaking Japanese animated blockbuster, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01, uh, thread through time on August 13th of 2021. Uh, let's see, uh, the fourth vinyl. Yeah, here, here's the one. The fourth and final of the theatrical rebuilds edits of their Evangelion. Are they going to, is this going to be the fourth? Is it going to be the final? We don't know. There might be a pull of fifth. You never know. Officially right now, no. Yeah, officially, no. Let's quit not get anyone's strange hopes or (laughs) hates up, whatever the term, whatever feels correct to you. Right, right, right. I know you think, oh yeah, they're never going to stop this. Well, Maybe they'll rebuild the rebuild. They you never know. And there was be like, no, stop with the original. Either way, uh, so yeah, that will be coming out on a uh, Amazon Prime Video along with the first three films, uh, Evangelion one point one one, You Are Not Alone, Evangelion two, two two or two point two two. You can't you. Can you not advance? You cannot advance. Yeah, you can't not advance. <clears throat> Boy, your dis- your dyslexia is kicking in tonight. It really is tonight. <laughs> uh, Even Evangelion three point three three. You cannot redo. Uh, yeah, so it'll be available over you know most countries. So yeah, so if you are a big fan of Evangelion, like this guy is. Uh, you'll be able to watch all By the this movies. guy. He meant himself, yeah, that's not what, me. That's what I meant. It's one point to myself. <laughs> I, I have no opinion. I just know th- there's that clip with a lot of orange juice. And that's all I know. That's the end of Evangelion. <laughs> yes. And that is a lot of orange juice. <laughs> yes, that is. That is very much. The yes, I'm aware that's not actually orange juice. That's just what I call it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's we will have to do the movie at some point. If I ever watch the show. <laughs> oh, we will. But we will eventually. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this. If I watch the movie without having watched the show, will I be more or less lost if I watch the show? Uh, if you didn't or watch... Or will the, it matter? Oh, if you if you didn't watch the movie, if you didn't watch the series, you'd be lost like goose. It's like, who the heck is going... What the heck? Oh, I mean, I know who the characters are. Yeah. I just don't know if I care. You won't understand the, the first scene. <laughs> it might freak you out a little bit. The, the shots I've seen in this movie. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't the, think the, anything's the gonna help. Says it really knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Either way, either way. Uh, so that will be coming to Amazon, our Amazon Prime Video, uh, starting in August. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. As long as Amazon releases it on Blu-ray, <laughs> Funimation already did. I sus- Funimation already did 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0, or 1.1, 1, 2.22, and 3.33. Yeah. Sorry, 3.0 plus 1.0 HD remix, <laughs> last chapter prologue, dream drop distance, melodies of memory. I never realized how oh my you could gosh. just yeah, move those subtitles could, around. And it works. Oh my gosh, yes. So yeah, they'll be available in August for those. Chain people. of memories. <laughs> 
Coded. Yeah. <laughs> Coded. Recoded. And <laughs> uh, birth sir, by mix sleep. A, mix a lot. Mix a lot. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be available on Amazon Prime starting in August. All right. Now I'm just now I'm just waiting for Shin Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> just to go the other direction. <laughs> Shin Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> well, you you know the the director of that of the Evangelion series um what's his name? You I know this guy's name. Anyway, he <laughs> directed Shin Godzilla. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Anyway, yeah. That's all the news. Yeah, that is all the news. All right, then let's jump into our spoiler-free review of DuckTales the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Woo! Uh, yeah, I watched this originally when I was young. A wee lad. I, I guess the thing, I don't know when, it's one of those movies, I don't know when the first time was because that was around the time I started becoming cognizant. Mm. <laughs> um... So I know this is on one of those VHS tapes my grandpa recorded off of Disney Channel and I wore out. Mm. It was at the end of like a bunch of other movies on like a six hour VHS tape. And I know I wore that thing flat out. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this was I actually enjoyed this viewing of the movie. OK, um, it's been a long time since I'd seen it. But uh, it was fun. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, if you like DuckTales, if you have any memory of DuckTales, actually, I don't know if you've seen the new, if you've only seen the new DuckTales, if it would work. Right. Because the characters are different, especially Webby. Yes. Webby is very different from her uh, original counterpart in the new show. But... um, but anyway, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say go watch it if you're curious. Yeah, I would agree. If that's your spoiler-free review that you agree with me. <laughs> I would be like, I haven't even started yet. <laughs> okay. All right. So, my kind of like kind of like Drew, mine was like watching this movie on VHS uh, that my, my parents had bought. Because my mom bought us every single uh, Disney movie that came out on VHS back in the day. Because... Uh, Back in the day, that's the only thing you had when you were a kid from the 90s with VHS. Uh, I remember loving this movie, watching it several times as a kid. Uh, and I didn't watch it until I bought this box set from a Disney movie club. Uh, they're again not sponsored. Um, uh, so I, I ordered it because I was like, oh my gosh, it's got the movie in it. We got to review that. And so I watched it the first time. It's like, this is a little weird. Like, yeah, there's some really good animation in here, but there's like other parts is like, okay, this is a little awkward, a little weird. And it's like this thing, this entire plot sounds really familiar, but either way, it's like, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a fun little romp of a movie that is, is it what I recommend it? Yes. If you like Drew said, be like, if you're a fan of, uh, uh, DuckTales in any form yeah in any form or fashion you're going to enjoy this movie you're going to enjoy this movie and you're going to have a like the hugest nostalgic kick when it comes to it definitely if you're a kid of the 90s or mm-hmm. 
or if you're a uh, like more the more modern audience who's watched the new the newer reboot of DuckTales, which I've seen only like a few a handful of episodes, which were really good. Yeah, it's very good, and I love about the the new series that they have started bringing. They brought in a lot of the uh, the Disney Afternoon characters. Uh-huh. I was like, whoa, okay, that's cool. You brought in Darkwing Duck. You brought in Tailspin. You brought in Rescue Rangers. Yeah, so yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, sadly about this film be like it didn't do good in the theater so we never got any more disney afternoon movies kind of sad except for one movie that kind of got reshuffled and yes. remade into a different animal mm-hmm. uh other than that i've i enjoyed this movie on it this is now my second viewing as an adult and I enjoyed it. There's a lot of it was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And the history to me was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> and I will get into that in a little bit. But overall, is the family friendly? Oh, definitely yes. Is it worth? Is it recommended? Is it, are we recommending it? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that is my spoilerific uh, section. All right. Yeah. Well, non-spoilerific. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Join us on the other side, and we will get to spoiling this thing. Okay. This podcast is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Hey, Scoop. What are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. All right. Hold on. Give me, give me it. Okay. All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as Helix Reviews. Helix Reviews is a podcast where David Arrington reviews movies, music, comic books, video games, and all kinds of media, all from a Christian geek worldview. His hope for this podcast is that it will be entertaining, informative, and interesting, but will also get you thinking about the media you are consuming. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, (laughs) who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all of Star Wars. And check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The following is a spoiler-filled review for DuckTales, the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp, DuckTales, woo! Listener discretion is advised, DuckTales, woo! DuckTales, the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp was directed by Bob Hathcock. And uh, did you know he directed 86 episodes of the Smurfs? Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. It was also written by Alan Burnett, who wrote Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Yes. Cast includes Alan Young, who played Scrooge McDuck Mm -hmm. 
And uh, he, money bin. he played uh, Hiram Flaversham in The Great Mouse Detective. That was uh, the little girl's father that got. Oh, yeah, that had, that's right. That had to build the robotic Queen of England. Yeah, mouse. yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah, he, he, that guy. Uh, Russie Taylor was the voice of Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby. And along with being the voice of Minnie Mouse, she also played Amber the Fairy Dragon in Dungeons and Dragons. Really? That cartoon. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Terrence McGovern was the voice of Launchpad McQuack, and he played Wild Rider and Onslaught in The Transformers. Yep, pretty much. A couple other things. Yeah. But uh, Rip Taylor, who played Genie, he played Uncle Fester in the Adams Family uh, cartoon from 1992. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard Libertini, who played Dijon in the Robin Williams Popeye movie, he played a character named Giesel. Okay, I'm looking at the uh, the, the cast and it's yeah. like, yeah, he looks familiar. Uh, Christopher Lloyd played Murloc, and he played Uncle Fester in Adam's Family Values. Great Scots. Indeed. And then we got June Forrest. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like, okay, you, you... I think people know who uh, Christopher Lloyd is. He played Dr. Eminem Brown from the Back to the Future trilogy. You know I generally only do about one or two people. And I was trying I to go for stuff people didn't know. I know. But that's like one of my favorite movie franchises oh, ever. <laughs> okay, if, if we're going to go that route. <laughs> yeah, they also played Commander Krug in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Yeah. To where Kirk famously said, I have had enough, enough of, of you! you. <laughs> but anyway, Either ways. June Foray yes. played Mrs. Featherby. Mm-hmm. And she apparently was a very big voice actress for a many number of years, yeah. playing Rocky the Flying Squirrel mm-hmm. and Natasha Fatale in mm-hmm. The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, <laughs> Granny and Witch Hazel from Looney Tunes, Nell Fenwick from Dudley Do-Right, Lucifer from Cinderella, Cindy Lou Who from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and in DuckTales, she also played Magicka de Spell. To quote Chuck Jones, to quote Chuck Jones, June Foray is not the female version of Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc's the male version of June Foray. That totally makes sense. Because she has a lot of roles. She played a lot of uh, uh, episodic stuff that was not theatrical shorts like Mel Blanc did. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, Chuck McCann played Duckworth. And in 1994, he played The Thing in Fantastic Four, that cartoon. Oh, okay, cool. It's clobbering time. Joan Gerber was the voice of Mrs. Beakley, and in Charlotte's Web, she played Edith Suckerman. Okay. And our good buddy, Frank Welker... Surprise, surprise to no one. ...was additional voices in this movie. Mm-hmm. However, he is very soon going to be playing Scooby-Doo and Fred Jones... In Straight Out of Nowhere, Scooby Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. Scooby Dooby Doo! This is going to be a weird movie, and I am looking forward to watching it. <laughs> uh, getting into our Kingdom Hearts connections, I'll start once again with Frank Welker, mm-hmm. which, of course, as you probably know well, very well by now, was Experiment 221, mm-hmm. Sparky, in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. <laughs> Jess Harnell, who was the casting director for this movie is the voice of Dr. Finkelstein and Locke, and in Kingdom Hearts 3, also additional voices. Okay. Alan Young reprised his role as Scrooge McDuck in Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. Russie Taylor reprised her roles of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. She also played Queen Minnie Mouse, Fauna, 
the fairy godmother and Drisella in Kingdom Hearts. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. And Christopher Lloyd is the third voice of Master Xehanort. Oh my gosh. Because I'm convinced the role is cursed and now I fear for Christopher Lloyd's yeah. life. Nine, 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 nine. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> which brings me to the end of the Kingdom Hearts Connections. What do we got in Info and Stuff? All right, so Info and Stuff. Uh, you can currently watch uh, this movie on Disney+. Plus If you're subscribed to Disney+, Plus, which I would highly recommend because it's Disney+. Plus. Unless you're one of these that do not like Disney, be like, well, poo poo on you. Yeah, I feel sad for you. <laughs> Actually, you, you are know. a sad, strange little man, and I pity you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, production was Walt Disney Pictures, Disney Toon Movies, and Walt Disney Animation France. Distributed by Bonavista Pictures Distribution. It was released on August 3rd, 1990. All right. So, this movie had a budget of $20 million. Mm hmm. It didn't do. It didn't fare well at all. <laughs> all right, so it's it's U.S. gross. Well, it's opening opening U.S. and Canada. That's the first. It had U.S. and Canada. Well, most of the time I think it is U.S. and Canada. Maybe yeah, they just said it this time. But yeah. anyway, all right. It was three point eight million dollars. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> its gross was eighteen point eighteen point one million. That's not. That's not including promotions. Not including oh, advertisements yeah, I or know. toys or anything. No wonder nothing else came out of this. Exactly. And its US and its uh worldwide gross was the exact same. Uh its home release uh was released on VHS on March fifteenth, nineteen ninety one, on Laserdisc, uh on April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. For those of you who don't realize what a laserdisc is. It's a very large disc that looks like a like a it vinyl was an, record. It was an analog DVD. Yeah, it was an analog DVD. That sometimes you had to watch it on both sides. Yeah, which would be interesting. Can you imagine flipping the disc? Okay, those of you who remember the DVD version of Lord of the Rings, how mm. all of those were on two discs. Yeah. Imagine that, but with a disc the size of, of uh, twice the size of your head. Yeah, pretty much. In the middle of an hour-long movie. <laughs> All right, the video sold 3.2.3 million uh, million units generated uh, to a revenue of 32 million dollars in the United States. Uh, on it doesn't get another release until July 16th, 2006 for a Region 1 DVD of uh, DuckTales the movie Treasure of the Lost Land, uh, which is exclusive to Disney Movie Club and Disney Movie Rewards program. Uh, it was made it was made public in October of 2014 as a Walmart exclusive. Uh, and then there again, it was released in 2014 as a, um, yeah, it was, then it was bundled in this in 2014. By this, he means the, the box set, the box set of the first, the show. Yeah. The first three seasons of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really good buy. Uh, and then, uh, for our audio listeners, for audio listeners. Anyway, Right now, like I said in the beginning of Info and Stuff, it is available on Disney Plus for the HD version or uh, movies anywhere. All right. Jumping into the summary. Scrooge McDuck travels to the Middle East to inspect a recently discovered chest he is certain contains the treasure of the great thief Kali Baba, accompanied by Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and we uh, Webby Vanderquack and Launchpad McQuack. I wonder if there's a relation there. Uh, although initially disappointed 
with the chest seems to contain only old clothes, Scrooge is excited when an ancient treasure map is found in the pocket of an old robe. Guided by the thief Dijon, they set out to find the lost treasure, unaware that Dijon actually works for the evil sorcerer Murloc, who desires something Kali Baba owned. The group discovers Kali Baba's treasure is a sand covered in a sand-covered pyramid. Webby sees a lamp in the treasure, which Scrooge lets her keep since it does not retain any value. After packing up the treasure for transport, Scrooge and his group are trapped in a room full of monstrous scorpions by Murloc and Dijon, who steal the treasure. However, Murloc discovers that the lamp has been stolen. He drags Dijon with him to locate it. Scrooge and his friends manage to escape from the pyramid and, with nothing more than Webby's lamp, depart for Duckburg. Days later, the children discover the lamp holds a genie. Ecstatic about his freedom, the genie grants the four children three wishes each. To trick Scrooge, he poses as the boy's woodchuck scout friend, Gene. Their wishes include a baby elephant, which runs amok through Scrooge's mansion, and a giant ice cream sundae, among other things. Fearful of a fl bird flying by at night, Genie tells them about Murloc, who used his wishes for eternal life and the destruction of Atlantis and Pompeii, which were both popular vacation spots. Murloc's magical talisman, which allows him to take various animal forms, also overrides the lamp's rules, granting him unlimited wishes. Kali Baba stole the lamp from Murloc and hid it away with his treasure, and Murloc has spent the centuries since searching for it. The children suggest that they wish for the talisman, but Genie says that this is the only wish he is unable to grant. They must prevent Murloc from obtaining the lamp, or the world will suffer. The next day, Webby uses her last wish to bring all her toys to life, which forces the children to reveal that Genie's true identity to Scrooge. Wishing to impress the Archaeological Society at their annual ball, Scrooge wishes for the treasure of Kali Baba and brings the lamp and the genie with him to the ball. He is followed by Murloc and Dijon, who violently ambush Scrooge. In the ensuing struggle, Scrooge mistakes a gravy boat for the lamp and leaves the lamp and the genie behind, <laughs> after which they both fall into the hands of Dijon, who is convinced by the genie to keep the lamp instead of giving it to Murloc. Having wished for Scrooge's fortune... Dijon takes possession of the money bin and has Scrooge arrested for trespassing. However, Scrooge is immediately bailed out by Launchpad, his nephews, Webby, Mrs. Beakley, and Duckworth, who agree to help Scrooge set things right. Scrooge, the nephews, and Webby infiltrate the money bin in an attempt to steal the lamp, but are stopped by Murloc, who recovers the lamp. With the genie under his control again, Murloc wishes for Dijon to be turned into a pig for his disloyalty, and then for the money bin to become a fortress which flies into the air high above Duckburg. When an indignant Scrooge threatens him, Murloc wishes him out of my house, and Genie reluctantly raises the wind to send Scur Scrooge to the edge of the fortress, hanging on for dear life. The nephews use a slingshot to knock the lamp out of Murloc's hands, tossing it to Scrooge, who loses his grip and falls towards the earth. Murloc recovers his talisman and pursues as a griffin, grappling with Scrooge in the air, but Scrooge knocks off the talisman from Murloc's hands, causing the sorcerer to lose his power and fall to his death. Which makes no sense. I agree. Recovering the lamp, Scrooge uses the second wish to return himself, his family, and his money bin back to Duckburg. Back in the money bin, Scrooge declares that he has had enough of all this wishings and threatens to use his final wish to bury the lamp where it could never be found again. After protestations from Genie and the children, he instead wishes for Genie to become a real boy. Without the Genie, the lamp disintegrates and crumbles to dust, and, th and thus removing its magic forever. While the children play with their newest friend, Scrooge discovers Dijon, recovered from Murloc's wish, stuff stuffing his trousers with his money. 
Scrooge chases him outside and down the street while yelling, Somebody stop those pants! As the DuckTales theme song is heard and the screen fades to black and the credits roll. Getting into the trivia for this episode. This is the first Disney animated movie to be spun off from a television series. Mm -hmm. This was the first Walt Disney film released to theaters that was animated not by the Disney Feature Animation Division, but by the Television Animation Division. Mm -hmm. This explains the notable differences in quality between this film and other Disney animated releases around the same time. For example, The Little Mermaid 89, Rescuers Down Under 1990, and Beauty and the Beast 91. The Television Animation Division has since produced several other theatrical releases, such as A Goofy Movie in 1995, Peter Pan 2 Returned to Neverland in 2002, with striking improvements in animation quality, as well as numerous direct video sequels for Disney features. Webby is based on Daisy Duck's nieces April, May, and June. It would eventually be revealed in DuckTales 2017 reboot that Webby is in fact April. In that continuity. Oh, okay. I don't think that works in this continuity. Who's April? April. Daisy Duck's niece. Oh! That makes sense. <laughs> you gotta listen to the whole trivia. Yeah. Follow me. Now, I was following you a little bit. Okay. There again, I get distracted very easily, squirrel. <laughs> right. Or in this case, <laughs> lamp. Or in this case, cell phone! <laughs> there are originally plans to have films based on Chippendale Rescue Rangers, 1988, and Disney's Groove Troop, 1992. Following the film, however, after uh, following this film, however, after this film performed below expectations at the box office, the Chippendale film was scrapped, and the Goof Troop movie was repurposed as a standalone follow-up to the series titled "A Goofy Movie" in 1995. Alan Young used to joke that, given the treasure hunting story, this that this movie would be the closest he'd ever get to playing Indiana Jones. And speaking of Indiana Jones, someone dressed like Indiana Jones is briefly mm-hmm. seen at the Explorers Club. Yep. Side characters from DuckTales like Gyro, Doofus, Bubba the Cave Duck, and Gizmo Duck are absent, as the filmmakers didn't want to confuse newcomers who had not seen the Disney Afternoon cartoon. This is also why none of any of the show's villains, like the Beagle Boys, Magicka Dispel, or Flintheart Glomgold, are present. Yeah, that was wondering why they didn't include them. Dijon has appeared twice on DuckTales. In the episode mm-hmm. Attack of the Metal Mites mm-hmm. and the two-part series finale, The Golden Goose. Yes. But I believe both of those happened after this or were made after this movie, mm-hmm. I think. But anyway, the plot point of Scrooge finding and digging a pyramid out of sand <laughs> is taken from a Carl Barks story pyramid scheme from the Scrooge comics. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Christopher, this is Christopher Lloyd's first time voice acting in a theatrically released film. He later he'd go on to voice the titular character of the Page Master in 1994, mm. Grigory Rasputin the Magician in Anastasia. Go watch that review. Listen to that review. Corona, uh, the Coroner in Hey Arnold the Movie, 2002, mm-hmm. and Hovis the Rat in The Tale of Despero in 2008. Huh. This is Joan Gerber's final film before her death in 2011. Mm. Oh, okay. This was the last Disney animated movie to be made before the complete digitalization of Caps, which would be later used that later used that year on Rescuers Down Under. Coincidentally, both films were box office failures during their theatrical runs. However, this film fared better with critics. Both films also became cult classics. Mm-hmm. This is Chuck McCann's only theatrically released animated film. The only other animated film he appeared in was Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas which was also from Disney Toon Studios, but was instead released straight to video. Mm. 
This was the first theatrical film to be produced by Disney Toon Studios, followed by A Goofy Movie in 1995, The Tigger Movie in 2000, Peter Pan 2 Return to Neverland in 2002, The Jungle Book 2 2003, Piglet's Big Movie in 2003, and Pooh's Heffalump Movie in 2005. That's a lot of poos. The poster for this movie was illustrated by Drew Struzan, who is best known for designing the posters for the Star Wars and Indiana Jones films. Makes sense. The design of this poster also shares some similarities to the Indiana Jones posters, including the heading. Mm-hmm. This was the last Disney, last animated Disney theatrical film to be produced in hand-painted cell animation. Mm. Since all subsequent 2D Disney films, uh, beginning with Rescuers Down Under, would be produced in digital ink and paint instead. This film uses a slightly different version of the Walt Disney Pictures opening logo. Notable differences are chorus added and the castle has already was already present at the start, as opposed to the usual blank blue screen, similar to most of the closing versions of the logo. This film was also the first to have ni- the 1990 version of the logo on theatrical release, not counting the 1990 theatrical re-release of The Jungle Book, which later appeared in all Disney films that released at the time until the 2006 theatrical premiere of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Mm -hmm. This is the second animated film of all time to not have any songs in it at all outside of the credits, the first being The Land Before Time. Okay. Last but not least, St. Canard from Darkwing Duck, 1991, is seen off the coast of Duckburg in a wide shot of the city. It's in the background. It is in the background. But it is there. So basically Duckburg and St. Canard are... Metropolis and Gotham, which we kind of all knew already. Yeah. So yeah. Now you know. (laughs) And knowing it's half the battle. Exactly. So what's your first like? It has... It'd be like the story's really good. And it's Aladdin before Aladdin came out. So think about it. Aladdin came out in 1992-93. Yeah, 1992-93. So this movie came out in 1990. And there are so many plot details, plot story, minus a love story. Be like, has just identical beat by beat by beat. Uh, this is based off of, uh, well, the um, stories of Alibaba and his 40 thieves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Be like, I, and I enjoyed the mess out of this movie. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the story was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's got a little problems here and there, but it's just a fun little story. And I love the, the parallels, which would come out later with Aladdin and, uh, I, I'm. There was a part of me that was almost convinced that it's like, did the creators of Aladdin just watch this movie and be like, "Hey, we can reassess a lot of this." <laughs> I think they took inspiration, yeah, from this because uh, Genie is very much Robin Williams. Yeah, agreed. Before Robin Williams, agreed. Voiced the Genie, mm-hmm. so I think they because he kind of has that feeling. He's bringing up all the, you know, all the. Uh, information pop, pop, pop culture, culture mm-hmm. references which makes sense here a lot more yes than there because he read all those books to find out all the history yeah uh during that uh my first like on this actually is going to be genie in this this is a character that could easily been stupid agreed completely agreed very contrived mm-hmm. but they actually make you care for this character even though he can get annoying after a little bit oh yeah but i mean yeah and you don't want when he gets uh he, he he's just like one of the boys and you don't want him to get you know uh caught by murloc yeah because you know he's 
he just wants to live a normal life that he's never yeah, got to have. Exactly. Yeah, I like Genie in this. Uh, so, yeah, Genie is my first like. Yeah, Genie is a very unique character. There again, we do see uh, almost like an acid, re- like a acid re, kind of like re reuse in Aladdin, except with Robin Williams. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's a be- very beloved little character. Like uh, like you said, you're rooting for the guy. You really don't want him. You don't, you don't want him to go when uh, Uncle Scrooge would be like, "Oh, I'm going to put him back in the lamp and put him, throw him to the forest and to the earth where he'll never be found." Mm-hmm. And you just like you feel me like you're you're rooting for it. It's like yeah, no, we got to do something else. Yeah, but yeah, it's, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, uh, G is a really interesting character. Yeah, like you said before, he gets really annoying really fast. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I completely agree with you. So my number two would be, it's an animation par- portion in here. It's the, um, the portion where, uh, Yui, Dewey and Louie and Webby are trying to, uh, climb the spiraling, ser- the staircases and they, oh, start, yes. they start collapsing. It's like the animation on that. It's just like, Whoa, okay. I've got to stop and assess this for a minute. This mm-hmm. is really good animation. Because one, it's not, it's not like they're not taking che- they're not taking shortcuts, they're not taking any kind yeah. of like visual trick or anything. It's just pure animated. Like well, you, see, you see, the bricks falling. You're using different angles. What's interesting about this, at least to my eye, mm-hmm. is and because this, this is going to lead into my number two, by okay. the way. But um, you know, it's just like the year or two before this when we had Great Mouse Detective. Yeah. Include all those CG mm-hmm. uh, created stuff that they then you know colored in. This doesn't use even that technique for no. This, this is all hand drawn. Exactly. And you're looking at it and going, "How did you?" And yeah. There's a part of it that's visually confusing at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, oh my goodness, that just looks so stinking amazing. Agreed. And I would actually include the entire transformation of the money bin into Murlocs. Uh, fortress. Yeah, I would agree with as you. As my number two. Okay. Because that ent- that part there where uh, Scrooge jumps towards his, you know, into the money bin mm-hmm. as it's transforming, he's, tr- I guess, just trying to save something. Mm-hmm. And it slowly, t- it turns into that stone right in front of him is almost, he, that, that'll hit you. That'll hit you. That, that, that was actually, I felt bad for Scrooge. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. selfish and he likes his money. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that's one of his character foibles, mm-hmm. but you don't, so don't want to see him lose all that because he, he did actually work for that money. Agreed. Um, and now it's all lost because of an errant wish that a rat wizard made, <laughs> um, especially after he lost it already to Dijon. Right. After mistaking the lamp for a gravy boat, which... It's an interesting design on that gravy boat. Agreed. <laughs> to look agreed. exactly like a magic lamp. Um, but that whole section there where the, the money bin just morphs and turns into this evil, pointy, flying fortress. Yeah, pretty much. That looks like something that came out of somebody's kidney. Uh, <laughs> Ow, that just hurts. It does look like a giant kidney stone. It, it you does. blame me for that? Yeah, no, uh, I, I completely see the visuals. Yeah. Like, Ow, hurt, pain. Yeah, ouch. yeah. But the, the transformation from that to that is like, oh man, that is so awesome to watch in a very, holy crap, this is all going to heck. 
Yeah. And yeah, that whole part there with the uh, uh, staircase with Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Webby uh, trying to climb up that uh, as and as it starts snaking its way through the fortress. Yeah. Because apparently nothing else could have been a staircase but the staircase there. Uh, there's a bit of logic problem. I got you. I live with it. Um, yeah, that whole part of it is amazing to watch. Cool. I kind of jumped in on your number two, so if no, you have anything more on that no, scene. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah, it's just like fantastically animation. It just, like you said, be like, it's just this wonderfully, brilliantly animated. Yeah, there, and there's some lo- there's fuzzy logic there, but it's just brilliantly animated. And uh, so I go into my number three. 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 All right. So the, 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 the scene in which made me laugh the hardest is Webby's plush tiger versus our villain. <laughs> I was that like, that's a good one. That, that was me like one. one, how they animated the tiger, which was amazing. I want to draw that character now. And then, uh, yeah, where Murloc is a rat mm-hmm. and he's trying to find the lamp and he just happened upon this plush tiger. And this tiger just gives him all kinds of heck. And I love every minute of it. And I'm halfway expecting like, uh, Jim Cummings, the voice of the character. At some oh, point. yes. I'm not surprised he did. I'm not surprised. But it's just, it was so incredibly fun. And oh my gosh, that, that, that entire scene was hilarious. Now, the, like all the plush animals coming to life, that was fun. But the tiger and Murloc and Warlock and Murloc? Yeah, Murloc. Yeah, Murloc. Yeah, Murloc. Yeah, Mur- Murloc scene was absolutely hysterical. I loved it. Animation wise, the fact that the tiger swallows Murloc whole as a rat, mm-hmm. <laughs> and when it, when the magic uh, dissipates and he comes crawling out of the tiger's mouth, yeah. it's like oh my gosh, hysterical. So yes, my number two is the fight of the century between the plush tiger and Murloc. <laughs> my number three is a character. Okay, Dijon. Oh my gosh, Dijon. I should hate this character. <laughs> But he's got some of the best lines in the Agreed. entire film. Agreed. Such as, is there a doctor in the pyramid? <laughs> that reminds me. My mummy's expecting me. It's time for my nap. Oh, my. That's right. I get the loot and you get the boot. Don't worry about Murloc. He would not dare confront the great and powerful Dijon. Anyway, I don't think he knows about me yet. <laughs> Whoever said money cannot buy peace of mind must not, must have had the brain of a garbanzo bean. <laughs> He does have some very good lines. I agree with you there. Uh, I know there's another couple good ones here. Right. What? What? I am not touching a thing. I am clean, innocent, like a little baby goat. Yes. Sex. Oh, yes, sex. Right, right, right. You say good, sir. I do for you. Uh, Too many people, Murloc. Only one Dijon. But look what I did steal. Several billfolds. This handy pocket watch. Floss. A date nut bar. A dude. Tickets to the Feta Cheese Festival for you, master. Did you mention Flosh? Maybe you would like to floss. <laughs> I would agree with you. Uh, Dijon is the the voice actor. Who was he again? Uh, hang on. <laughs> Bring that back up. Hold on. Uh, I have it on here. Like I the Dijon. That was Richard Libertini. Yeah, Richard Timberlini. Lim- Li- Libertini. Libertini. Okay, Libertini. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he, he did a, a fantastic job. It was, it was so much fun. Like, like I didn't even think about Dijon while I was doing my notes. Cause like, yeah, he's, he's the comic relief. He's the, uh, uh, Benny from the mummy movie, which is from the, uh, the late nineties. 
movie. There again, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. It's great. Um, kind of reminded me of that character. Is gives you all the 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 great funny one liners. And uh, there again, he's 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 very much the coward character, mm-hmm. and uh, he gets just he turns to a pig. <laughs> yeah, overall, I'll be like, yeah, Dijon is a a, a great character. This is really really good um, first time characters in this movie. I agree. Yeah, which so brings me to the end of my likes. Yeah, which means it's time for your first dislike. Yeah, my first dislike would be uh, okay. Too many wishes. Too many wishes. Let me explain that. Actually, I, like, I actually don't think they show everybody's wishes. No, they don't actually. Uh, because there again, when Genie reveals himself to the boys and Webby, he gives them all wishes. And I'm thinking like, wait a minute. That's not how wishes work. It's like the person who rubbed the, rubbed the lamp first gets the wishes. And then it's, you know, it's passed on, passed on, passed on. But there's, there's no explanation of that. And I understand it's more, you know, wish fulfillment for kids. And that's totally understandable within well, the story. Yeah, but um, just the just the idea of be like he be like he just grants them wishes. So my rationalization on that: mm-hmm. every time they uh, do the wishes, yeah, they have to be holding the lamp. They pass the lamp around. Yeah, they only get one wish each. If that lamp happened to land in I don't know Mrs. Beakley's hands at one point, and she happened to say I wish for something. Mm-hmm. She'd get three wishes. Yeah. It's because they just, to say, agreed to share the lamp, I guess, to some degree. I they, guess. They switched the lamp around. Because, I mean, how quickly does Scrooge get the lamp? And he now gets three wishes. Yeah. Same with Dijon. I mean, that's the only explanation I have for that. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're also dealing with Genie here being more of a kid. So he kind of just plays a little faster and looser with the rules. Yeah. Agreed. But there again, be like you're you're there's like characters, their wishes still have not been fulfilled, and so there's no there's no contract there at all. So it's it's more like you say, like he's playing you know you know loose, playing loose with the rules. But at the same time, be like you look at like every other incarnation or any version of a genie, it's either a it's infinite wishes, it's b or be like you three wishes. There can't be anyone else who has the lamp. Or he can't terminate that contract with his current uh, his current master until that's completed. Yeah, but a lot of times, if the master loses the lamp before he gets that last those last wishes, that is then true. The example it of does go to the next. Yeah, because Aladdin's my biggest example there. Now, yeah. admittedly, that movie I think was inspired by this movie. Agreed. But I mean, that's pretty much I, I can exist with that. Mm. But that's the third. Uh, that, that's the how that ruling works. Okay. Cool. I completely agree with yeah. that. Completely agree with that. Uh, my first dislike is uh, we don't start with some epic version of the DuckTales theme song. Agree. I know that's a stupid thing, but it's like, of all of the Disney afternoon theme songs. Yeah. This is the one that actually has multiple verses and choruses. Agreed. That actually goes on for about two or three minutes. You could have had uh, an epic way of starting this with... Uh, I don't know. Go back and show Donald Duck, because people forget the first episode. Donald Duck is in it. Uh, dropping the kids off at Scrooge and going into this whole thing, having me and then kind of do a montage with the theme song. Yeah. Going through all their adventures up to, you know, when this movie came out. Yeah. Kind of that a, would have been awesome to watch. Yeah. Agreed. 
but they didn't do that. They did kind of go, and, and then you could have gone into the whole, you, you know, you don't just don't, what I'm suggesting here is not showing the titles cards in anywhere in that. Okay. Just, you do all that cool stuff, introduce us, and then you drop us off in the desert and pretty much start the way the movie starts. Yeah. That's kind of what I wished they had done because this is in an era where the theme songs matter. Agreed. They were still big parts of the show. And yeah. to leave it just for, to play the short version mm-hmm. over the credits yeah. at the very beginning. It was just slowed down a little bit. It, yeah, it's like, you could have started this off with a lot of epic fun and then introduce us to what's been going on just by not even really doing much. I'm, su- I'm Almost saying, like a recap. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm suggesting is a recap. But the thing is, they, all they had to do was put the same shots they did for the first episode on there and then do this recap. That's all I'm asking. It would have cost them nothing Agreed. to do. But And that's not what they did. <laughs> so yeah, that's my first. It's like I kind of wish we had more of the DuckTales theme song because it is one of the greatest theme songs of Saturday morning cartoons. Agreed. Of all time. Yeah. So yeah. It's one of them. Agreed. All right. So nine number two would be, okay, so Uncle Scrooge doesn't wish for uh, Genie's freedom, but rather he he makes him a real boy. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Okay, so so then Genie would be like, all his wishes and uh, Dijon get turned back, turned back into a person from a pig. And I'm like, wait a minute. Somehow, yeah, I, I agree with you, because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. The way that wish is done, it's not like Genie in Aladdin... Aladdin where he wishes for his freedom. But the difference here is, is that genie still has all his genie powers. Yeah, exactly. This genie don't. He goes to being a normal human or a normal duck, I should say. Well, I, I would disagree with you on that because there is one scene where G or genie is like, he's describing all the things he wants to do. Kind of like genie from uh, Aladdin does. Yeah. Be like, except to be like, all of a sudden be hit, he has a baseball glove in his hand. And he's got a ball and he throws it. So in, uh, in, that's just cartoon logic. I, I agree with you, but here's my logic in this one. <laughs> but like he still has his powers. He still has powers. So the so this idea, because I'm just basing mm. that off that kind of a fuzzy logic here. So the idea that he loses his loses his magical ability, and so all what he had conjured through the magical wishes go away. So now Mur- uh, Murloc is uh, gone to dust. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. But what the, the real, what the real question here is, is the magic coming from the lamp and it's being it goes through Genie? Yeah. Or does the Genie have it and part of it, what uh, part of what being a Genie is being tied to the lamp? Because it really sounds like the, the way this the movie works, mm-hmm. the magic is tied to the lamp. And since there was no host to be in the lamp, the, that's why the lamp disintegrated and the magic dried up. I would agree with you, but at the same time, it's it's more like Scrooge's wish that he becomes a a, a, a real boy, mm-hmm. not be like I grant you my fr- grant you your freedom. You're no longer a slave to the lamp, and it's just be like okay, but it's just be like there's that that logic right there. It's like okay, so it's it's baffling. What you're describing here is what the genies in. Uh, a thousand and one Arabian Nights do where they're big jerks to everybody and granting them their wish technically, but not the intention of the wish. 
I think Disney's being nicer than you want to be. Well, no, no, <laughs> by that's, that's granting not, the intention of the wish. No, no, no that's, that's not what I mean. That's what I mean. It's it's more that it's more long. Like, what's he gonna do if he's a real boy but is still a slave to the lamp? He can't do anything if he doesn't have his genie powers. Yeah, I would. Otherwise, I would, what makes him a real boy? I would. Ag- I agree. I agree with you. That was uh, the genie's wish. Was the genie's wish was to become a real boy? I agree with you there. It's just my my logic is that. Now he's no longer a genie. Yeah. He's no longer a genie. and So he doesn't have his genie powers. I, I agree, but I, I guess I just more like internally, mentally struggle with the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the fuzzy logic with it. I can't follow your logic is my problem. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, let from, me what see. I, from what I'm getting, what you're thinking is because he only wished for genie to be a real boy. Yes. All the other things that were affected genie are still active. They should be. Yes. But they're not. Okay. Let me, let's throw in some other fuzzy logic here. Okay. Because admittedly, there's a, not a lot explained. No, there's not. Because no. they only had like an hour and ten minutes for this movie. Right. How does the magic work? How does G, how's Genie able to grant wishes? It's through his hands. That's how he channels the magic. Where yeah. is the magic coming from that grants these wishes? Honestly, I don't. It's it's not through the lamp. Because we, we like it's the lamp that technically makes him a real boy. Because he can't, he doesn't cast that on himself. It's the lamp that the that goes up in the air and shines that light on him, turning that him into a real boy. That is true. That is so true. Okay. My guess is, and admittedly, I do not know the actual mythology that all this is based on. Yeah. But my theory is, in this movie, the especially since Murloc had to put his amulet on the lamp to make him overpower the okay. rolls of the lamp. That makes sense. Makes sense. My guess is the lamp itself is what grants the wishes agreed grants them through a host in this Mm. case a genie agreed in order to create in order to actually do it because the lamp itself cannot act of i'm guessing the the lamp itself can't actually communicate or react yeah except in the freeing of the genie yeah which is the only way that that wish truly i think can be interpreted Mm mm-hmm uh, because at the, at the same time, if if he turns him into a real boy, he's no longer a genie. If he's no longer a genie, the ma- the lamp can't work through him. That makes sense. So the magic has to ha- go through a host. Yeah. But whatever method the lamp has for collecting a host, it can't be done after the old genie's gone. Yeah. Or no host was attached to it fast enough to keep it f- keep its power from cause uh from eroding the lamp from the inside, causing it to disintegrate. Okay. That's a theory. I okay. have no idea. Okay. But that's a theory. All right. Good deal. So, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to be like, I was just kind of sitting there. I was like, this, like, yeah, thank you for explaining that a little bit more because it was more and like just, the, just, the fuzzy logic went yep, right over my head. I'm just bringing in just because, like I said, the magic and wish granting is not explained. The idea yeah, exactly. really is, oh, he's a genie. He grants wishes. That's about as hard as we thought about it. Yeah. And then there is some logic that goes into it because they did try to keep some consistency. Right. But they don't explain anything. Right. Mostly because I don't think they themselves explained it to each other. I got you. But uh, anyway, what was that? Is that your... That is my second dislike. Your second, so I'm down to my second. Mm -hmm. There's something weird about the transfer on Disney+. Plus. I yeah, assume, I agree with you. I assume it's, it's on the DVD as well. I, okay, so I don't know if in the original 
creation of this if it was a 16 by 9 film or if it was 4 by 3 Okay. And I think we ran into this with another Disney Toon movie we did, which was The Return of Jafar. Yes. Where it feels like they took a six, a 4 by 3 movie and zoomed in to make it 16 by 9 and they didn't do a good job of recentering uh the frame very yeah. well in some in certain spots or uh and, and also some of the characters feel too large for the frame agreed i look I, i'm looking back and i'm thinking back to uh uh black cauldron okay which had a much wider screen than 16 by 9 it did and none of those characters felt out of place and they they were obviously drawn for that format what i wonder is if maybe not in the original Maybe not done after the fact in a weird transfer or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe when they originally were drawing this, they thought it was going to be a made-for-TV movie, drew it at 4 by 3 found out it was going to theaters, and did not have time to do like uh, Mask of the Phantasm did, and draw the extra sides of the frames. Mm -hmm. And so they just zoomed in on everything and did their best to center it, but didn't quite get it right. I don't know. It's you. just, I'm watching this on here. It's like, there's something that feels goofy about this. And it's not, and, yep. and he's not even in the movie. No, he's not. Uh, but there is a dog in there. There is a dog, but it's not goofy. Heck, Mickey Mouse does not even get a cameo. Yeah. Which is weird. There's got to be a hidden Mickey in there somewhere, but I didn't see it. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's something in that way that is set up. It's just, all the characters seem like they're too large for the frame or yeah, it's too it zoomed in. Yeah, it, it's like they, like they, like you said, we kind of like zoomed in a little bit, you know, gave it a, a bigger mm-hmm. ratio, but it just, it seems very odd. I, I would yeah. agree with you on there. Uh, so yeah, that's my number two. What's your number three dislike? My third dislike, and now granted, this is a nitpick. Granted, it is animation. It is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. So when a launch pad mistakenly trips over the, the, the very peak of the pyramid, Yes. And the next thing you know, they've got the entire thing buried. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, okay, um, logic went out the window here. <laughs> that's about 80 to 100 years to bury that. And they do it three in shovels. And, yeah, three with, shovels. With, no, it's not three. It's it's five. Yeah, it's five shovels. And I'm sure Dijon had two that he was doing one right after another. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because we... My, cause, with my brain burning in the hot sun like a hot kebab. Oh, <laughs> mm. uh, okay. So, like... I want to bring that up at the same time. Be like, there's there, there's a little bit of uh, the the characteristic of Uncle Scrooge is a little bit off because Uncle Scrooge in the television show, yeah, he was a grump. He was a grump. Be like, yeah, he was very money hungry. But at the same time, be like, ev- like every time, be like, he grabs something, he snatches it. He snatches everything in everybody's hands, and mm-hmm. it's I, I found that a little like disarming because I was watching the. Uh, Watching season one, I'm like, he's nothing like that. He he doesn't snatch anything. He's not like completely just snaps at people the entire time. So I think it's a little bit of character. Uh, they they change the characters just a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit earlier. Maybe it's I don't know what time period he's supposed to be in that time. But he's just like really snappy at everybody. And um, I just found that really odd. I just found that really odd. Uh, Scrooge being a lot more snappy. Well, I would say, unlike outside of what the Drew Struzan's poster shows, yeah, and uh, unlike the show itself, Scrooge is like not a major character in this film. He's a main character. He shows up a lot, yeah, 
but he's not the protagonist. Most of his appearances, he's all we see is him. He's finally gotten the treasure yeah. of Kali Baba. He loses the treasure. Now he's dealing with the treasure hunter society, mm-hmm. making fun of him for, oh, you couldn't find the treasure of Kali Baba. Sure, you found it and you lost it. Ooh. <laughs> sure, we believe that. Um, and so he's dealing with a lot of that loss. Mm-hmm. So that when he is playing a major role in the movie again, after he, you know, gets the lamp, mm-hmm. he's being very selfish. Yeah, agreed. Through that whole section, um, and not really thinking about the fact that Dijon, not Dijon, that Genie is actual real character, yeah. real, a real duck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not till he is de- brought destitute, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. That he realizes that he's finally able to show some, okay, yeah, this whole time I've been acting like a big dork. Yeah. Uh, we need to work together in order, if we're going to get anything back to normal. I would agree with you on that. Fully agree with you on so that. So I, th- I think the movie does a disservice to Scrooge's character because of the way the story is handled. Yeah, agreed. Because they spend so much time with the kids with Genie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that adventure part, you know, he's just being regular Scrooge until mm-hmm. he starts losing stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's a little bit of a grump there, but I mean, yeah. he's finally getting to stuff and it's just things aren't moving fast enough to keep him happy. Yeah. So agreed. yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but that's just how I look at it. Okay. What is your third dislike, Drew? My third dislike. Why is the password to get in? Oh, God. <laughs> cash. Yeah. I'm thinking like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, every, like what was it? Scrooge is saying anyone could have guessed cash. Anybody. Anybody. If you're going to do that, make it an anagram of cash. Yeah. Like Hassack. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Three letters that when you actually change it around, it's like, oh yeah, it's cash. Yeah. Money or dime or something like that. Dime would actually make a lot of sense. Yeah, because because of the number one dime. Number one lucky dime, yeah. But that could be guessed too. Yeah. Um, But it's just like that was. It's like, Coin okay, would C, be a better guess. A, you're not doing cash, are you? And then it's like, the, the password's cash? Yes. The stupidest password ever. No, no. The, the stupid, Beagle Boy's going to figure that out. The stupidest password ever is in uh, Spaceballs. Because the password to get into the shield is one, two, three, three four, four, five. five. <laughs> That's the amazing. That's the exact same uh, combination that gets into my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched that movie. That was actually very funny. I'm glad you for the first it. time ever. But I mean, yeah, that's uh, I hate the, the for a stupid joke, and that's all it is. Yeah, it's a dumb joke. That's a dumb joke, and it actually makes Scrooge look like an idiot. Agreed. Because like in the in the uh, in the cell, he's more like it's like yeah, there's like you know, a thousand. Like he describe he goes off with a number of, like how many yes. uh, guards and perimeters, and all and- the security measures. And Scrooge is the only one who knows how to get past all of them. Yeah. Well, anyone can guess the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like I was going to say before, the Beagle Boys could have figured this out. <laughs> well, the Beagle Boys would have gotten stopped by the uh, the black tiles. Yeah, that is true. Because they is... would have not cared. But anyway. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's my third dislike. Right. What is your bonus round? My, all right. My, my bonus thing. There again, for most people know, I am a slight amateur historian. I love history. And I, I nerd out it like crazy. So there is a scene where we first meet Genie, and uh, Genie says something along the lines of, uh, "Where, where is Alibaba? Or was he's not Alibaba? Kali Baba. Kali Baba. Because it's movie. like the dog. Yeah, 
He's where's Kali 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 Baba. Kali Baba. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Now Kali Baba. Kali Baba and has Rome fallen yet? And for me, it's just like bing. Hold on. Let me let me do some calculations because he later says he's been into the lamp for six centuries. Six centuries is six hundred years. Mm-hmm. So you do the calculation. Nineteen ninety six. Uh, 600 years you're getting to a number of 1390 and i was like okay so going back to his his first statement of has rome fallen yet so most people think of the western roman empire because there again uh by the turn of the third century the roman empire had split before the third century or that was like during the crisis of the third century it split there again i'm a history nerd i know this stuff Mm -hmm. um so the Western Empire technically collapsed between somewhere between it, it depends on which historian you talk to. Uh, it collapsed between somewhere between 395 and 476. It depends on which historian you talk to, and uh, that's when the, the Vandals sacked Rome for the final time and basically took everything over. So what G's referring to is actually the Eastern Empire is what we currently known as the Byzantine Empire. Uh, and that did not collapse until 14, 1453 when it was sacked again by the Ottoman Empire after the Crusades was, came through and sacked it. And then the Ottomans came there and sacked it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a very good way to go out for the Byzantine Empire. Thanks, Crusaders, for being stupid. Either way. So when Genie says, we like, has the Roman Empire left? He's talking about the Eastern Empire, which was like, ah, oh my gosh, it's amazing. This is so much fun. <laughs> there again, I'm a history nerd. So yeah, it just blew my ever-loving mind. So I, I literally wrote notes. I literally wrote notes on this stuff. So later on, when um, Genie is describing um, uh, the, the, the terrible things of which Murloc, uh, his, uh, his wicked deeds, uh, he describes that uh, Mount the... When uh, Mount Vesuvius blew, yeah, that was Murloc. Yeah, if anybody knows when Mount Vesuvius blew, it was in 79 AD, <laughs> which was like, yeah, because be like, yeah, Herculaneum uh, or Pompeii, you know, those cities got buried. Yeah, that was uh, Mount Vesuvius. And then he mentions Atlantis. Now, Atlantis is a fictional city. Now, most people think that oh, we know of that we know of that uh, the I'm just going to throw that out there because we don't know if the, no we so don't. many re- re- references to Atlantis that could have existed. Yeah, there will be like they don't it, know what happened. To it it. it could have been the island of Crete. It could have been an island off of Crete. Be like there, there's so many. Some people have even suggested that uh, Atlantis was America, which is like no. really no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah. Either way, so uh, I, I just like okay. If we, we don't have a definite year, because obviously, because it's fictional, it could be based off something. It could be based off the Minoans, which of all likely it could have been based off the Minoan uh, civilization. If you go go check the Minoans, they're pretty cool. It's interesting. Uh, so going to there again, and then I had to figure out when uh, when uh, Homer, no, it wasn't Homer. Um, how did you not work this into your uh, likes is what I'd like I, to know. I, I, I did, but then I got excited about Plush Tigers and our villain. Okay, okay. <laughs> Plato wrote wrote Atlantis. It was roughly around 360, 366 BC. So that's approximately 3,300 years ago, give or take. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking that uh, our main villain 
has been around for that long. It's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. There again, being the history nerd I am, it's like, I had to look this up. <laughs> so yeah, that's my bonus history nerd little thing about this movie, which is like, awesome. <laughs> Anyways. So now can we uh, uh, rate this movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Uh, I'm giving this movie an eight because it's just so much fun. It's a short one. It's only like an hour and 10 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's got a very efficient storytelling. There's only a few little hiccups in there, I think, uh, plot wise. And it's just, it's DuckTales. I mean. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's not the show, but I mean, it's an hour long DuckTales movie. How can you not enjoy it? Agreed. So yeah, I'm giving it an eight. Uh, I'm the same way. I'm giving it an eight. I love this movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there again, you get a nostalgic trip for this movie. If you watch the original DuckTales when you were a kid or watch, you know, the, the reboot and, you know, the more recent times, um, it's just a fun little movie. Yeah. It's got a little hiccups here and there. It's got a great villain. It's a great cast, uh, great new characters that we, we meet only one time, except for, uh, uh, Dijon. Dijon. Because they he's get, the best character. He's the, the best, best character. New, he's the best new character. So yeah, of course he has to come back. Yeah. They got to reuse him. Uh, but other than that, it's it's really it's a really fun film, and yeah, definitely worth definitely worth watching. Uh, I wish they would fix the 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 the, the scale ratio or yeah. something. Yeah, it just looks weird. It looks weird and just little little fuzzy logics here and there. But there again, hey, it's a cartoon. Yeah, you're not supposed to overthink it unless you're sometimes cartoon logic does happen in these things yeah agreed so completely yeah. agree and unless you're a, a podcast reviewer that reviews movies and that goes why am i overthinking this which is when i point out it's a cartoon exactly so it, just it, let you, it go you don't fall until you look down yeah it doesn't matter that gravity should have took you as soon as you stepped off the ledge yeah that is true i'm, I'm thinking I, about it too hard once again yeah go figure anyway <laughs> anyways that brings us to the end of this episode. <laughs> right. Next time, we're going to be reviewing the Disney Pixar classic, in my opinion, Ratatouille. To be, to be honest, to be like I watched maybe like the first couple of minutes of this movie, and that's it. I enjoyed this movie. I've only watched it one other time. Yeah. But uh, this is like the second Brad Bird movie. No, this is the third Brad Bird movie we've reviewed. That is true. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So, uh, join us next time for uh, uh, Ratatouille. Yeah. And uh, have a ratty good time. You got to make a dish sometime. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. If you would like to support the Cellcast financially, we have a Patreon, which you can find at the link in the description. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, also on Facebook at Jacob Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page, where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at 
Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L.